Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. Oh, you, you know what kind of day today is. Oh, you go ahead, say it. It's a Chamber of Commerce Friday. March the 3rd, the year 2023. What a gorgeous, beautiful day. Hope you've had a chance to enjoy some of it. The weekend's supposed to be just like that. Perfect weather for an LSU baseball team that's ranked number one in the nation. Four games in four days. I don't know what you're going to get out of Butler and Central Connecticut State. Butler's 2-6 and six this season. Uh, their two wins came against Fairleigh Dickinson. They were swept in a three-game series against the team that the Raging Cajuns will be facing this weekend in the uh, Campbell Camels. Um, and so, beautiful day. Beautiful day. Um, focus is set for the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. Arkansas fell to number one ranked South Carolina today. 93 to 66 wasn't even close. In the second game of the morning session, Ole Miss, the four seed, leads Texas AM, the 13 seed, 33 to 24. Tennessee and Kentucky will play the nightcap game. Before that, it will be LSU versus Georgia. We'll head out to Greenville, South Carolina for a live report with Patrick Wright here in just a few minutes. Um, as this, this is another matchup where the two teams met earlier in the season and Georgia gave LSU its biggest scare other than the South Carolina loss. Uh, they led by as many as five going into the fourth quarter. Uh, LSU had to rally, send it into overtime, and eventually won it 82-77. to 77. Angel Reese enters tonight's game looking to break a record. She's currently tied with Sylvia Fowles at 27 double-doubles for the most by an LSU player in a Single season. She had a double-double in every game except for one this season and that led the league in scoring and rebounding through the regular season. Just because it's basketball season and baseball season starting up um, doesn't mean it's not going to be busy elsewhere. LSU softball um, at the Judy Garman Classic at Anderson Family Field in Fullerton, California. LSU took on Michigan already today, and they got a two-zip shutout. Allie Kilponen tosses her third shutout of the season in the two-zip win over Michigan. Meanwhile, it's a busy, busy weekend for Brian Kelly and his staff. At least two dozen prospects will be in to visit, most of them for the 2024 class and a few for 2025 and beyond. The headliners include Jonathan Daniels of Pensacola, Florida, the nation's number one ranked offensive tackle, Casey Poe of Lindale, Texas, the number one interior offensive lineman in the country. Both of those are 2024 prospects. 
Tigers are also getting a visit from the nation's number one quarterback for 2025, Bryce Underwood of Bellevue, Michigan. Uh, LSU will also host Maryland offensive line graduate transfer Mason Lunsford. Um, Maybe he's uh, an added piece of depth for this year's class should he choose LSU. So stay tuned. Let's wait and see about that one. Oh, I took a big breath and I exhaled because Pistol Pete's record is still in place. Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy needed 26 points yesterday to pass Pistol Pete for the all-time scoring points record. Um, Pete had 3,667. Davis in a quarterfinal loss in the Horizon League tournament to Youngstown State scored 22 points, four shy of the number he needed to pass Pete. So Maravich's record remains intact despite the fact that no offense, Antoine Davis, you played 61 more games. You didn't, you have a three point shot um, and all that stuff. Anyway, it is what it is. Pete's record remains intact. Kudos to Davis. Who's averaging a nation leading 28.4 points per game, 25.4 for his career. Of course, Pete has the record at 44.2 points per game. So a record um, that stands, and I don't know how anyone is going to surpass it because you'll have to stay for a long, long time if you do so. Oh, Nick Saban's whining and complaining um, in speaking uh, to a media member. Um, saying, look, he always wanted to play more SEC games, but now all of a sudden he's complaining about their every year opponents, which is going to be Auburn, it's going to be Tennessee, and it's going to be LSU. The Auburn game is a rivalry game, so um, – you got that for sure. Tennessee's been a long history uh, of their rivalry. And LSU and Alabama for the past 10 years has been much or beyond has been much C uh, TV. So the SEC was expected to choose a team's three permanent opponents based on primary and secondary rivalries, geographical footprints, and most importantly, balance and parity. The conference is using a 10-year success metric to strike the fairest blend of permanent opponents for each team. Well, LSU's been really good for 10 years. Auburn is a rivalry. Tennessee has not been good, but now all of a sudden they are, and Nick's whining a little bit. Uh, he said, quote, they said they did a 10-year whatever. Well, some of those years, Tennessee wasn't as good as they've been in the previous 10 years, but now they're as good as they used to be before those 10 years. So um, we got three teams. Two of them are in the top 10. The other is in the top 10 a lot. Look, historically, over 25-year history, and the three best teams in the East are Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. You look historically at 25 years, Alabama, LSU, and Auburn are three best teams in the West. So we're playing them all. Okay, come on, Nick. Chill out. Relax. It is what it is. And let's move on from there. Uh, the Rage and Cajuns begin 
their Sunbelt Conference tournament play on Saturday. They're the number two seed. Southern Miss is the number one overall seed. Uh, Bob Marlin's crew will play Georgia Southern. Uh, in Pensacola, 7.30 tomorrow night. Remember, it was a year ago the Cajuns got to the finals in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, came up a little bit short as they lost to Georgia State in the Sunbelt Finals, and Georgia State got the automatic bid to the NCAA Tournament. Well, the Cajuns have been shooting for this opportunity all year long. They're 23 and 7. 23 and 7. Uh, they'll play a Georgia Southern club that lost to the Cajuns 94-87 in Lafayette, despite leading the Cajuns by 19 points at halftime when they shot 69% from the field, 67% from downtown. So um, we'll talk about that uh, later on in the program. The Pels are back in action tonight, taking on the Golden State Warriors, two teams that were basically going in opposite directions. Um, the last loss for the Warriors came on February 23rd at Los Angeles against the Lakers. They lost by 13 since then. They've beaten Houston, Minnesota, Portland, and last night they beat the Clippers 115-91. to So they're riding a four-game winning streak. Meanwhile, the Pels lost to the Lakers, lost to Toronto, lost to the Knicks, lost to Orlando before finally bouncing back on Wednesday with a 121-110 win over Portland. Uh, so a big win for that for them. The Pels will be without Larry Nance, Jose Alvarado, Zion Williamson, Josh Richardson. Jonas Valanciunas is day-to-day. -day. The Warriors are without Andrew Wiggins, Andre Iguodala, and Steph Curry. The Pels have won. They lead the series season series. They play four times a year. They lead the season series two-zip winning both games at home, 114 to 105 back on November the 4th and 128 to 83 when the, the Warriors rested Steph, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, everybody. They beat them by 45 points, 128 to 83. So uh, tonight is a huge game. When you look at the standings, the Pelicans are in the 10th seat. Uh, tied with the Utah Jazz at at, uh, at 13 games behind the Denver Nuggets. The Lakers are one game back at 14. Uh, the Pelicans are a half a game out of eighth, one game out of seventh, a uh, game and a half out of sixth. Speaking of sixth, that's the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, what a night they had last night as Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving combined for 82 points. Luka with 42, Kyrie with 40 in a Mavericks win. That's what they expect. Can they continue that day in and day out? I don't see how, but for one night, it was pretty good. The Golden State Warriors, without Steph Curry for all this time, have moved up the charts there in the fifth seed at 33-30, and 30, 11 games back, one game behind the fourth-seeded Phoenix Suns. So big game tonight in hoops. All right. We'll uh, take our first time out of the day when we return We'll head to Greensboro, South Carolina, site of the SEC Women's Tournament, where tonight LSU faces Georgia. The voice of the LSU Tigers, Patrick Wright, joins us next. 
Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back on this Friday, March the 3rd, day 3 of the SEC Women's Tournament. We're in the quarterfinals earlier today. South Carolina had no trouble beating Arkansas 93-66. We're in the half of the second game of the morning session with the four-seeded Ole Miss Rebels leading 13-seeded Texas A&M 40-29. Coming up at 5 o'clock our time, thanks to beating Auburn yesterday 63-47, Georgia, the seventh seed, will take on the LSU Tigers, where we will hear... The voice of the Tigers, Patrick Wright, called the game as the Tigers are 27-1. and Georgia, of course, gave LSU a big scare back in Baton Rouge not too long ago. Uh, the Tigers had to win it in overtime. Patrick Wright joins us from Greenville, South Carolina. Good uh, afternoon, Patrick. How are you, sir? Hey, Jordy. Things are all good here in Carolina. All right. What's that arena look like? Is it any good? Uh, it's it's a little older arena. It's a it's a, a, a hockey arena. There's ice down under the court, so you can your toes get a little bit chilly. Um, good good number of South Carolina fans were here earlier. Tennessee fans always show up, and some LSU fans are going to be there as well. So um, tomorrow and Sunday are going to be the the big days, especially with South Carolina, who is kind of the home team. You know, but Athens, Georgia, is only about ninety minutes from here as well. Uh, so I think we'll see a good Georgia contingent. But it's always a, an event that draws well and lots of anticipation. Even though South Carolina is the you know the, the odds on favorite. Um, you know, you could make a case for LSU and for Georgia and Ole Miss, the team that's playing right now as well. Yeah, Ole Miss really playing well. Kentucky won it all last year. Nobody thought they would do that. So who knows what happens? Kim Mulkey says, look, we really don't have anything to play for. We're going to be a number two seed in the tournament, and that's the most important thing. But let's do something we didn't do a year ago. Let, let's win at least one game in this tournament. To do that against Georgia, what, what does LSU have to do? Well, yeah, sometimes in tournaments you get a good draw. Sometimes you get kind of a rough draw. Uh, you know, three teams tied for fifth place. It was Alabama, Mississippi State, and Georgia. Um, okay. Mississippi State got the five seed. They were upset last night. Alabama got the six seed. They were upset last night. The way the tiebreaker shook down is Georgia, who is probably, in my opinion right now, the third best team in the league, even though they're the seventh seed. That happens to be who you play uh, tonight. So I think, you know, kind of a rough draw. It was the team that gave us our biggest scare. Uh, as closest to a loss we came besides the, the South Carolina game. Um, Georgia, the team, they, they play good defense. You know, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Their only losses were to LSU in overtime. And a couple of weeks ago to South Carolina by like 12 points, they gave them a good game. They've won all their other eight contests. Uh, they're a good defensive squad. Their offense has been a little rusty lately. They only scored 63 on Auburn last night. But they held up to 47. And here's the thing. Out of all those 10 games I just mentioned, the only opponent that shot above 40% against Georgia is South Carolina, who shot 42%. Um, LSU is, I, I think, as good as LSU's assistant coaches are, Bob Starkey, namely, they're going to break down that game film. They said, you know, as, as game play went on, they had a hard time figuring out what Georgia was doing to them defensively. I hope with a chance to, to study it a little bit more. Um, they can come up with a good game plan tonight and see if they can you know, do some different things, especially offensively. 
I got you. Um, Patrick Wright with us. Um, is it a three-two zone? Is it a matchup man-to-man? Whatever it was, it uh, puts an emphasis on shooting the ball from the perimeter. And for for me, Alexis Morris has to come up big tonight, um, and she's certainly capable of it. Well, and she she's been a little streaky of late in that Georgia game. You'll remember back, she got off to a really bad start shooting the ball. Yeah. In fact, she only finished. I believe it was five. I'm looking at the number five out of 16, but she hit the big three in overtime that gave LSU the lead. If she's hitting her mid-range and three-point shots, LSU's going to be in good shape. In that game, though, LSU was only six out of 23 from the arc. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Allergies are good here in Carolina okay. right now. Um, <laughs> so LSU's going to have to shoot from the outside a little bit. And the other thing, um, and we watched Georgia last night, they got some points in transition off of misses in that uh, the game when we played them, they had three different times where they had players wide open on the other end after an LSU miss. So they've got to clean that up a little bit also and keep Georgia out of easy buckets in transition. Make some free throws tonight. You missed 17 of the 45. I mean, you went to the line a ton against Georgia, yeah. but you missed 17 and you turned it over 18 times. Those are not recipes for, uh, as you well know, for success. You know, and that's and that's the one thing that I'm most encouraged by is, is it, you know, LSU has been an okay free throw shooting team, not great, but they've been in the you know, low 70s. That, that's okay. 28 out of 45 in that game. You know, if you shoot your normal percent in that game, you probably win by seven or eight in regulation. And right. if you hold on to the ball uh, and not turn it over, you probably win by a couple more than that. So mm-hmm. that's the easy answer is to is to improve those two areas, and you, you should be okay. I'm with you, Patrick Wright. In Greenville, South Carolina, 5 o'clock tip, LSU versus Georgia, uh, followed by uh, the rivalry, it is, with Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, We had talked about this before, and I said after certain teams lost, I would have been shocked if LSU (laughs) wouldn't move up a line to the number one seed line. It just looks like nothing's going to cause that to happen unless LSU gets to the finals and beats South Carolina. And then maybe, just maybe, they'll improve LSU. But for some reason, they're not too high on on the Tigers this year because of that non-conference schedule. But my goodness, the net ranking is right there where you need to be. Yeah, you know, but they, they bumped Maryland up in the bracketology today. And I, I really I can't argue with that. Maryland is a hot team. They got a lot of really good wins on their resume. So I'm not as concerned. I'll tell you what, what concerns me. And I know Coach Mulkey said that she's not really playing, LSU's not really playing for much. I want to avoid being number seven or number eight overall because that puts you, and I don't think they would put LSU at number eight because that would match them with South Carolina in an Elite right. Eight matchup. But if mm-hmm. you're a number seven seed, you match up with Indiana. I think South Carolina and Indiana are the two best teams, and they're a little bit heads above everybody else. If you can stay at, uh, at five or six, that gives you a potential matchup to get to the final four of Stanford, Utah, Maryland, who, again, are very good teams. But but if you're going to draw a path to the final four, you do not want to be a seven or eight seed. So I think LSU needs to win a game tonight to at least secure that. Yeah. And then if they, you know, if they go all the way and they happen to beat South Carolina, I think they would bump up to a number one. But I, I want to stay out of seven and eight. That's where I want to stay. And I think a win, win puts you in pretty good shape there. That is that is great uh, 
Great analysis on that. Angel Reese looks to break a record tonight. She's tied with Sylvia Fowles at 27 double-doubles. What did Georgia do to her? If anything, uh, they didn't stop her from getting a double-double. Did they Did they contain her a little bit? Well, she had 23 points and 14 rebounds. 11 of them were on the offensive end. Wow. And in that game, LSU outscored them on second-chance points 20-6. to six. So now she her shooting she only was seven for seventeen so she was a little bit below fifty percent. Um, they pretty much played her straight up, but they played her played her tough. They've got big physical people down under, but they could not keep her off the offensive glass. So you know if Georgia, you know we talk about what LSU's got to do different. Georgia's got to figure out a way easier said than done to keep Angel Reese from getting eleven offensive rebounds tonight. Diamond Battles, that's the girl you got to keep your eye on, right? She had uh, 22 points, four rebounds, three assists, five steals against LSU. She's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, and you know she was first team. And last night against Auburn, she had a, a smooth 18 points. Uh, did have four turnovers, but she hit three threes. And uh, you know the other the player to really to watch too is a kid off their bench, uh, Alicia Lewis. She came off the bench last night, 34 minutes, had 12 assists. And in the game wow. against LSU, she came off the bench and had seven assists and a couple of steals. So she's a little, just a feisty little guard that's going to get after it and is going to put a lot of pressure on our ball handlers. So, so Alexis Morris is going to have her have her work cut out. They got a couple you know, between Battles and Lewis. They can put some pressure. Is uh, Jasmine Carson the key tonight with her outside shooting ability? If she's on, y'all are tough to beat. If she's not, um, could cause a problem. Well, you know. We, I think we need a third score. The last couple of games, that's been Ladeja Williams, post player who's been in double yeah. figures all the last three games. You know, LSU shot 0 of 14 from three against Mississippi State on Sunday. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's that has one. been washed away from the memory because yeah. you never yeah. want to go into a, into a game 0 for 14. Um, I think as long as LSU gets that third score, I think Reese is going to get her points. I think Morris is going to, going to get her share. Somebody else has got to do it. Lately, it's been Williams. If it can be Carson today, that would be great. Or if, you know, Flauget has, uh, you know, give you 12 or 14 points uh, as well. Because in that first game, uh, she had a really difficult time. She played 29 minutes but only hit one bucket. She That was the game where she hit all the clutch free throws at the end. But she right. only made one bucket. So you got to right. have a third, whoever it happens to be. Uh, there's nothing like. Nothing like tournament time, conference tournament time, and then the big dance coming up. It's a fun, fun time. Uh, wear extra pair of socks if your feet get cold, man, because of that <laughs> ice under there. But uh, but good luck. Have a great call of the game, and uh, we're all pulling for the Tigers to come up and uh, and win it. And if they do win it, they would next play the winner of the Tennessee Kentucky game. So yep, that would and that would be around six o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Perfect deal. Perfect. Thank you for your time, man. Have a great game. Hey, Jordy, real quick. Softball got yep. a win out at, out at uh, California zip. against Michigan. Yeah. Two to nothing. Alec Hilponen yeah. got a shutout today. So yeah. I want to throw that in I as mean, well. Would you rather be on the ice in Greenville or in the sun in California? I mean, it's tough to pick. It's No, it's a little – they're chilly. They're in about the upper 50s uh, out in Fullerton. Oh. So I think I think the ice here is just fine. <laughs> Patrick Wright, basketball, softball, does it all. Uh, thank you, man. Good luck to the Tigers today. All right, Jordy. We'll talk soon. All right. We'll take a uh, timeout here. When we come back, we'll shift gears. Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us next. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, man, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon, everything under the sun in their store, including a true soul food deli with the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted and by cajun chef turn up the taste with cajun chef hot sauce every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the jordy holberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros in southwest louisiana it's 33 minutes after the hour and some change. It's a great time to welcome in our next guest from the athletic, the one, the only Mr. Larry Holder. Larry, it's been a, it's been a day and a half or so. How have you been, sir? Look, you're right. And it's, uh, but look, we're still in terms of the NFL. We're kind of in the, <laughs> the old same page pattern uh, as the combine goes down and, waiting for free agency. So yeah, look, it's been a, it's been a minute and yet look, I think we're at the good point to talk about where we're going to go. Yeah. Where are the saints going to go? I mean, they put all their eggs in the Patrick Mahone basket uh, back in the day and that didn't work. Then they put it all, I think in uh, Deshaun Watson, that didn't work. It sure seems like they're putting all their eggs in the Derek Carr basket. Golly, if you keep doing it one after the other after the other, isn't that the uh, definition of insanity? I mean, can't, don't they have other options that they're going to be looking at? Well, not at this point in terms of, look, you mentioned some eggs in the baskets and they struck out. Still, uh, I do think, though, that they're at the point at this juncture in the franchise that they know they do not have a quarterback. They know they do not have a franchise quarterback. And so what do you do? So I, I feel like that they are going to be willing to maybe go a little bit further than what they might want to in terms of salary, this, that, and the other. But still, when you look at it, they need one. Uh, they have faltered without one for the last two years. We know that – Andy Dalton is not the future. We know that Jameis Winston is not the future. Uh, we know that Taysom Hill is not the future. So they've got to basically go after it. And I'm curious to see how far they dive into, quote-unquote, being after it. But still, when you look at it in that sense, it is – if they don't land Derek Carr, then what do they do? And so – when you do that, it's a troubling situation, uh, needless to say. Yeah, and you know more about the NFL than I uh, could ever imagine knowing. But I remember going into next season, last season, with all these great expectations. I thought, man, this roster's really good. If Jameis Winston can just be a, a, a good, serviceable quarterback, they got a chance to win. Now it seems like 
they need to refresh their roster. They're so far away from being a serious Super Bowl contender in the blink of an eye. Am I wrong there? No, uh, you're not wrong. Because, look, you know me, like we've talked for a long time on the radio where I was just dealing with Saints and LSU and all this stuff. Now I've been covering the NFL for the last uh, year or two. And the Saints are just blah. I mean, sadly, that's what they are. They're just blah. And, look, I get the rabid fan base here, and I get it, but they're just totally blah. And if you go 7-10 and or 8-9, and and, I mean, that's not going to be good enough. I mean, that's just not and so what, what is your expectations? I think that's part of it. I mean, I know the Saints want to be a championship franchise. Well, guess what? There's only a few teams that have quarterbacks that can make that happen. And guess what? The right. Saints are not one of them. So mm-hmm. they are scrambling. And I think we're in the point where if you're a Saints fan, you've been seeing how fortunate you were for so many years, even right. when Drew Brees was a great and the defense sucked, and they they still went seven and nine. But still, you at least had a chance. Like at this point, they are scrambling, which which is why I feel like they are going to go as much all in as they can for Derek Carr. They have to. This kind of shows you, Larry. I mean, Derek Derek Carr might be the 14th or 15th best quarterback in the NFL. I don't know, maybe. Um, but there are so few decent ones that his value is – I mean, he you talk about right to, right place, right time. Derek Carr's going to strike it rich, and he's not that great. What was Drew Brees when they signed him? Obviously, he was damaged goods, but even at that point, guess what? He was being replaced. So, yeah. let's think of it back that Good way. Point. Even when Drew Good was point. healthy, he was basically a Derek Carr guy. But also, it's not the same group. It's not the same coaching staff. It's it's not the same. So I'm at least gonna try to give some some shred of like, okay, hope. <laughs> a little bit. I like that. I like uh, but, that. But, but yeah, but it, Derek Carr is also yeah, like Derek Carr is 31 years old. Like he's been in the league for a long time. It's not that like Drew Brees had lost his job and then had yeah. people coming in. Like like it's Derek Carr is an established quarterback, but. Here's the thing, and this is going to be uh, depends on what people think when I say this. I mean, he's Kirk Cousins. I mean, is that good enough for you? Uh, probably not, but that's basically what he is at his best. Like, I'm with Kirk Cousins. That, I've like asked top this 12 in the league. Yeah, I, I've asked this, Larry, and I want your opinion. Is, is the biggest flaw in Sean Payton's resume the fact that he did not <clears> – <throat> get a secession plan for Drew Brees? No. I'd just say his uh, biggest flaw is that he didn't win a second Super Bowl. I mean, it doesn't okay. matter. Like, Drew Brees, I mean, that, that's here's the thing. Like, New England, how many Super Bowls did they win with Tom Brady? I mean, it's basically the same route. Like, So, no. It doesn't, like, obviously New England had no succession plan to – they tried to get one with Jimmy Garoppolo, but guess what? Yeah. Tom Brady just rode that thing out. So no, yeah. I don't think okay. that's it. I just think that they in in say Sean Payton's plan with New Orleans, he didn't do a good enough job in a lot of years to help the team defensively. Like they flawed in that. Uh, but then you know now you see it, and 
Sean's going somewhere else, and he's got us. <laughs> but here's the thing. As me, what I cover now, I am extremely curious to see how he deals with Russell Wilson because oh, yeah. he's won Super Bowls, he's done this, done that. Uh, I, I'm extremely curious to see about that, but which is sadly because, you know, you know I mean, you know me, I live in Algiers. I'm a guy. <laughs> I live in New Orleans. <laughs> so, and I'm just like, what are the Saints? I'm like, I have, I don't have a lot of interest in them, which is really sad, honestly. Yeah, I mean they, they, they went from one of those teams you talk about to a team that nobody's talking about, and rightly so. Uh, so, so we'll see. I, and I mean. I just get the viewpoint that Sean Payton saw this coming down the road, and he said, I'm going to get out of here before I become uh, damaged goods. I'll sit out a year, and somebody will still want me and pay me a ton of money, but this thing's heading south. That's what it seems to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you look back at it, and through that season, he's like, dude, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, no, I totally agree. Look, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in football. Uh, you say whatever you want about him, but guess what? I, I think that was part of it too. Like, let's get a new challenge, but you have the writing on the wall. Drew's gone. I got to deal with this. We, we cannot get a franchise quarterback. And so here's the thing: like, Dennis Allen sitting here. Look, I think he's still a, a really good coach. I mean, people are gonna, you know, poo poo on him, and I get right. it. But still, if you have no quarterback. Toast. Can't win. Yeah, so you I can't think win. the Saints are going to go and make every valiant He's... effort. There's a reason why they went after Deshaun Watson last year when he was toxic. There's no way they run it back with Andy Dalton, do they? I mean, they may keep Andy Dalton, but there's no way they run it back. How do you how do you present that to your fan base? I don't think you can, which is why I think they're going to go get Carr and get him. Like I think okay. that's what's going to happen, but still it's just, but other teams are in the same boat. I mean, what if he, yeah. what, what if Aaron Rodgers magically stays in green Bay, which I don't think is going to happen. Like I think he's going to be gone. So okay. that would help. What, that was my next question. Could you, could you sit in a room of darkness for four days? Uh, the fact that I had to follow when he was in darkness and when he was not, uh, I hope he just stays in darkness for like, <laughs> two years and then comes out and he's got all this great beard and he's done. Like I'm, I'm good with him being in the darkness. I'm with you. I'm with you. So you think he leaves green Bay. Um, they're not going to trade him to an NFC team. So he's got to go AFC. I would think. Right. So right. That tells I, that's the, the thing. Jets I think or... it's going to be the same route as just like Brett. Brett Favre. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's weird. Wow. That's where they are. I, I think I, uh, it would fit what they want to do. And I think that that's what's going to happen, but still it's just like, you got to figure out <laughs> if they can make that happen. Cause guess what? If he magically stays in green Bay, the quarterback market opens up again. And so oh, and Der- Derek Carr's on a gold mine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I the price for Derek Carr, if if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, Derek Carr becomes one of the top-paid quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> Just out of need. Well, you look at it in that sense, though, but if you're Derek Carr, all right, where can you win? You're not going to win in the AFC. I mean, no. you're not even the best team in the division. <laughs> right. So you might as well go to the NFC. So I think that's part of it. 
let me ask you this. The NFC South is so bad. They used to have really good quarterbacks, Brady and Breeze and Matt Ryan and um, Cam Newton and other. Now they've got nothing. Does the team that gets the best quarterback, is that the team that wins that crazy division? Easily, yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Easily, yes. If Derek Carr goes to the NFC South, immediately that team is the the favorite. Immediately. It doesn't sound like Tampa's going to do it. So it would be between the Saints and the Falcons. All right, which team uh, well, gives well, him the Saints and the Panthers? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah because which it seems team... like they're going to ride with Desmond Ritter, which might not be the best idea, but still, no. Both teams, like whoever gets him, will be the favorite. Like it's not which even close. Te- which team do you think has the better roster to help him win? The Panthers or the Saints? <sighs> Offensively, I think it's the Panthers. I God. like their skill position players. I know. Look, it, it's. It, it, God. It, I know that's that's not good. I mean, who, no. who are the receivers for the Saints at this point? <laughs> like Chris Olave and nobody. I mean, we assume Thomas Landry's not going to be back. We assume that Michael Thomas is actually going to be like a cap casualty and just be gone, or just they're right. just done with him. And then. <laughs> Uh, Got to okay. be the Panthers to me, which is not a not good feeling. Which you and me have talked about for a zillion billion billion yeah. years. That <laughs> it used to be the Saints, and it's not that way anymore. And they even got rid of their best player in Christian McCaffrey. He's hit a gold mine in San Francisco, and they're still better. Uh, all right, so say the Saints get Derek Carr. Say they have they hold on and don't do anything. They keep the twenty ninth pick in the draft. Where do you go? How do you refresh this roster with that pick? Well, I think part of that is going to depend on what happens with Marcus Davenport and David Onyemata in free agency. I think they have to – well, also, Shai Tuttle's a free agent. So, guess what? I would say uh, defensive tackle. I mean, they got to get something there. I mean, also, just Cam Jordan's not going to be there forever. But <laughs> here's the problem. Like, it seems like they struck out on Peyton Turner as their, like, future at defensive yep. end. So, Yep. That's you add it all up, and they have they got holes everywhere. I mean, they just really do. <laughs> they do. Golly, how quickly this thing just seems to be disintegrating. Jeez, them. Andres Pete, what do you do with him? <laughs> he could have been cut like three years ago. Thank you. Not. So, uh, I think that's part of it too. Like, if there's a it's weird because they're they're probably going on a different strategy than what Sean Payton did. Because look, Dennis Allen is a defensive guy, and right. Sean Payton, how many times did he draft offensive linemen and it worked? Um, yeah. I, I know we can argue that season Ruiz didn't work and Andres P didn't work, but guess what? They still had very good offensive line, but it also helped we had a quarterback that was one of the fastest ones to get rid of the football. So it's you know, it's it's kind of a byproduct. So it's uh, you're already. I mean, we could sit here for like oh. three hours and go through this and have no solutions. That's the problem. Yeah. It's it does not present a. Pr- Last year, I thought the Saints would be really good and LSU would struggle. Well, I was completely wrong on that one. I'm sticking with LSU to have a good year and the Saints to struggle. I might be right on this one this time. Maybe. 
Maybe. <laughs> Unless they get Derek Depends. Carr. Imagine if they get like Derek Carr and all of a sudden Terry Rice is a wide receiver. I'll take him wow. at 50. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. Go cheese them. All right, Larry Holder. My goodness gracious. You survived Mardi Gras, but you're not a big Mardi Gras fan because your kids aren't anymore, uh, aren't a big, big fan of that. So uh, good for you. Man, that was some nasty weather on like Friday. Jeez, that was bad. Um, but we all survived and you survived and the draft is a free. The, the new year is coming up. So um, God, it never ends. And everybody's waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. And then when that domino falls, here we go. Uh, the race is on. Thank you as always, my friend. I appreciate it. You got it, Jordy. No, but I'm a big St. Patty's Day. Like every weekend this month, Yes. St. Patty's stuff. I'm like a psychopath over here, in, including you, working. Catch yeah, yeah. you some cabbage, so right? Catch you some cabbage, but they can't be throwing that those hard fruit anymore. Now you can't be doing that. No more potatoes. Don't launch no the potatoes. potatoes. Don't do it. That's it. Don't do it. Throw the ca- hand the cabbage. Hand them the go. cabbage. Larry Holder, the athletic. Thank you, sir. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back with much, much more as we wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Monster Trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome. The toughest Monster Truck Tour returns March 17th and 18th in the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles as a VIP package to the toughest Monster Truck Tour. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com. A VIP package includes four tickets, access to the pit area, a merchandise certificate, and lunch with the truck drivers on that Friday. The toughest Monster Truck Tour is coming back, and you could win a VIP package courtesy of the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. It's uh, 54 minutes after the hour on this uh, Friday, gorgeous March the 3rd. Boy, every indication appears that the Pac-12 is going to be gone down the road as their uh, meteorites future remains uncertain. And the Big 12 has jumped in um, and they renewed contact with four Pac-12 schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, as the television contract negotiations for the Pac-12 continue to flounder. Um, for the, look, Washington, Oregon, they're about to go to the Big the Big Ten. You can book that. I mean, the Pac-12 is, man, they're faced with networks, um, streaming partners that have already outlaid significant capital acquiring sports rights, may not have the appetite for a reduced league that doesn't have USC and UCLA in it. Um and Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormack made no secret that he's interested in westward expansion. So 
it looks to me the Big 12, the Pac-12, uh, wow, USC, UCLA already in the going to the Big 10. Um, the two schools are projected to make at least $30 million more annually by joining the Big 10. So why? Uh, the four corner schools, why wouldn't they consider leaving the Pac-12 to go over to the Big 12? I mean, it just makes perfect sense. And what's going to happen with the ACC? Florida State, Clemson already um, with the revenue gap. It, it's the SEC, the Big 10, and maybe the Big, the Big 12. I mean, it's just, uh, it just seems to be the way it's going. So don't be surprised if you if you get again these conferences down the road get bigger and bigger and bigger. Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, <laughs> sure sound like teams that could come to the SEC in the in the future. Um, I just I, I can see it happening as big as Dallas. So we shall see. Coming up, hour number two of the program, we'll hear from. Head baseball coach Jake Johnson of LSU as they get ready for this weekend series. Talk about some of the things he learned about his club after the big win um, in dramatic fashion against Texas in Austin. So we'll hear from him at the top of the hour. George Faust will join us from KLFY, all things Ragin' Cajuns uh, baseball team um, uh, on the road. Uh, basketball team trying to win it all in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. The women's team got ousted, so the men trying to carry the mantra. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will talk about a variety of topics, make some picks along the way as well. That's all coming your way. Our number two um, in the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, it is um, becoming a blowout. In the fourth quarter, Ole Miss leads Texas A&M 66-44. Hour number two after this. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Our number two of two. And away we go on this Friday, March 3rd, the year 2023. Hope you're having a spectacular day as we lead up to what should be a an absolute Chamber of Commerce weekend. And um, we've got basketball, we've got baseball, we've got the combine, we've got everything under the sun going on. So um, looking forward to, to all of it. Um, the main man, James Mesh inside the game studios in the producer's chair, which is located on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. 
And if you're in the Acadiana area, uh, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline, 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. With Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2024, the league moving closer to the necessity of deciding on a scheduling format for football. The plan with the most support is nine games with three permanent and six rotating opponents for LSU. According to sources involved in the scheduling process, the Tigers' three permanent opponents will be Alabama, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. So the SEC has not made anything official yet, and a formal vote has yet to be taken on whether to even go from an eight to a nine-game conference schedule. But because of television and the the amount of money that's being paid by ESPN for the rights to the SEC, they're going to command it. Uh, although the possibility still exists that the SEC will stick with an eight-game schedule with one permanent rival and seven rotating games per year. I just don't see it. I think nine is the way to go. LSU baseball uh, back in action this week as they take on uh, Butler and Central Connecticut State. Butler are the Bulldogs. We know them because of basketball. And Central Connecticut State, they haven't played a game yet. The Blue Devils, uh, they're playing Butler right now inside Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field. But Butler and LSU will, will tee it up tonight at 6.30 p.m. Um, Jake Johnson met with the media yesterday and talked about some things. First, um, the last soundbite we have, uh, James, his, the, here's Jake Johnson's thoughts on the matchups this weekend. Yeah, yeah this is a this is a, a good weekend for us. Um, you're seeing two very veteran teams um, facing a really good starting pitcher tomorrow night. Um, so really competitive uh, older players positionally for both teams. So this isn't just a, hey, chalk it up, show up, and, and win. We have to play well. We're going to have to play well to win, number one. Number two, um, you know, talking about this, you know, being a mission, you know, improvement on a daily basis is a foundational thing for us. And there's some things that we need to improve on, which I'm excited about to get out there today and work on and then uh, take them into the weekend. Strikeouts? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a yes and no, uh, to be honest with you. There's a reason why we're a little high. There's actually a couple reasons why we're a little higher. Uh, we want to eliminate the ones that we shouldn't have, but we're going to have some. And, um, you know, I don't really want to elaborate on how and the why and the what, but I know the difference between the ones that are – I guess what you would call okay or acceptable and the ones that aren't, we want to attack the ones that aren't and have those be a little bit better. All right. Um, the three-run homer beat Texas, Gavin Dugas. Here's Jake Johnson on one of his critical team members. Yeah, done a good job. Yeah, done a good job. Um, super engaged. I mean, literally it was a – you know, extra work thing every day leading into the season, um, you know, motivated to do it. And part of the pull and bringing him back here was A, to try this out, and then B, like, I mean, the guy's been here for four years and he's not a pro player. Like, he needed a, a position where his profile could be a little bit better. And so I think 
he's motivated from that front too. Um, so uh, pleased, very pleased with um, the work put in to be a good defender. Um, I think he's shown his athleticism a couple more times than, than maybe we had seen, A, because he wasn't an infielder last year. Uh, but B's worked hard and on his feet and playing low and using his eyes to catch the ball and has a good a strong arm from being an outfielder so he turns the double play well. So it's it's evolving into something that's you know not a something we're trying but it's becoming a thing and he deserves all the credit. All right. Um, one of the other big telltale signs of the win over Texas was the second start for UCLA transfer Thatcher Hurd. Here's Jake Johnson talking about a guy I think is going to be critical for this team as a weekend starter. You know, I, I think um, for our whole team, I'd say we, we handled it all very well. Um, it starts on the mound. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, like, he, uh, you know, first inning, a little bit of adversity. Um, we get, made a nice play uh, to get out of it, and that's important. The first inning of the game, defense is really important because the pitcher's trying to settle in, the umpire's trying to settle in. So there was a big double play, but then he took off after that and um, really just kept the momentum of the game in our dugout. I was re-watching the game um, yesterday morning, and there was a point where – they had thrown like 75 more pitches than we had. And that's a credit to him filling up the strike zone. It's a credit to our hitters controlling the strike zone. And ultimately, you know, we got to their sixth guy used in the game where we had only used three. And when Nate was throwing the ball as well as he was out of the bullpen and then Christian in the ninth inning, eventually you feel like you're going to win. And um, so he helped set us up for that. It was a really, really good performance and I believe a sign of things to come. There you go. That's I think that is critical. Another critical element, Tommy White, who got hurt. Uh, the other big long ball hitting transfer uh, got hurt in the first game with his wrist, um, has played some DH stuff now. Um, Jay Johnson was asked if Tommy White will be back at third base defensively this weekend. I don't know that yet. Um, he played catch on Monday for the first time, um, played a little bit of catch Tuesday uh, took tomorrow off. Uh, don't really have an answer on that either way. I, um, you know, we're hopeful. I mean, it's, you know, we're hopeful that all of them are at 100% and, and full strength. But uh, we'll work that way back in the manner that it it needs to. It's it's good having a good roster and depth. That uh, you know, it's pretty significant if you looked at it from the outset of how it would affect our team, and it, it really hasn't. I mean, you know, the infield defense has been great with Ben and Jordan and Gavin. Um, particularly. So uh, Jared did a nice job over at first this weekend. Um, made some really good catches, made a good pick in the dirt. Um, Trey, you know, coming in at the end of the game. So um, we feel like we can get through in a way that we can make sure he's healthy before he's thrown him. All right. So we're going to see what Dylan Cruz can do as he enters uh, tonight's game versus Butler, batting 519 with three doubles, a homer, nine runs batted in, and 13 runs scored uh, as the MVP of the Carbach Round Rock Classic last Sunday. Uh, Paul Skeens, as you heard in the two minute drill, will get on the bump tonight. He's two and on the season. Um, defeated Kansas State last Friday. He worked six innings, limiting the Wildcats to 
to one run on two hits with two walks and 11 strikeouts, throwing it 101 times uh, in the outing. He retired 17 of the final 18 Kansas State hitters that he faced. He has a cumulative 0.75 ERA, the ERA this season in 12 innings, allowing one run on five hits with three walks and 23 strikeouts. And most importantly, he's limiting opponents to a 122 batting average. Um, that's good. It's good to see that Jordan Thompson got a little bit on fire. He batted 417 in the four-game road swing in Texas with two ribbies and three runs scored. Uh, Braden Jobert batted 313 on the road. So um, looking pretty good. But the first meeting ever between uh, LSU and Baylor. Uh, Baylor, LSU and Butler, um, LSU six and zero all time against Big East Conference clubs. They're three and zero against Villanova, two and zero versus St. John's, one and zero versus Connecticut. Actually, LSU and Central Connecticut State met once in the twenty twenty one NCAA. Eugene Regional LSU got uh, got a six to five ten inning win over the Blue Devils in an elimination game. Wow. So um, there you go. Uh, Butler will throw left-hander Corey Bossaker uh, today, who's not bad. Not bad at all. Crafty, lefty. So there you have the LSU baseball report. You can listen to the game tonight. Um, 6.30 pregame show at 6 here on 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We'll take a quick time out here. The, the Raging Cajuns set on getting back to the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship game and then cutting down the nets. They'll begin their journey on Saturday. George Faust of KLFY joins us next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. No, you love our shenanigans on and off the air. And that was a shenanigan off the air by me. Uh, didn't mean to, but we want to help. Uh, we want you to help us out. So go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana and turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to 1,000 followers and see more of our fun behind the scenes and after work at The Game Louisiana on YouTube. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hey, George. How you been, my friend? Doing well. Doing well, Jordy. How about you? Good. But more busy time of the year. We got baseball at the Teague. You got basketball get, cranking up tomorrow in Pensacola. All kind of things heading, um, heading your way. Uh, let's start with basketball because that's certainly coming down to cases. The Cajuns, as a number two seed in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, will take on Georgia Southern tomorrow night, uh, 7.30 tip, the late game of four uh, in the 
uh, what quarterfinals. Um, so last year they got to the championship game and they fell a little bit short against Georgia State. That that's kind of been a rallying cry all year for this team, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think if you listen to what Bob Marlin was saying earlier this week, it what what it really was was they had to play four games in a row, and uh, that's a lot of games yep. in a short amount of time. And uh, that's why they felt like the double buy that they ended up getting is so vital and so important because uh, they played. He, he, he Coach Marlin alluded to the fact that you know they played well three days in a row. It was that fourth day when they got to the yeah. championship. They got they were a little tired, a little sluggish, yeah. and yeah. Uh, just not able to perform at the top of their game. So uh, in their minds, I think they're thinking, "Hey, we, we've got the opportunity to win this whole thing now." It's ours for the taking, and uh, you, you got to say, I mean, between Southern Miss and, and the Cajuns, I think uh, that would be that would be a nice little uh, Monday final in the Sun Belt Conference tournament. It would be tough. They can't overlook Georgia Southern, as I recall, back in late January. Um, the Cajuns trailed by 19 at the half and rallied to win it 94 to 87. So, um, look, yeah. when you shoot 69% from the field and 67% from three point land, you're going to have a great first half. What goes up must come down. Uh, but, um, I just I like this USL this USL this UL team, uh, and you said it all year long, boy, they're really good offensively, but I think their defense has gotten better. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right. I think they, they've kind of uh, kind of uh, evolved is the word I'm looking for uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They have, they really. What's really impressed me though is the way the way Seamus Folks has kind of taken up uh, his role on this team. And, and you know, he's the point guard. He's the guy that, that you know kind of controls the tempo. But we all know Jordan Brown's the superstar. But if Themis can have a big Sunbelt tournament, I, th- I think the Cajuns are in for uh, for a nice nice little run here because uh, I-, I really like the way he plays on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they, they've got scoring power everywhere. Good to have a point guard that can distribute the thing. But um, you, you said Jordan Brown's the star. Um, where does he rank in, in Rage and Cajun basketball history huh. in your mind? Sure, that's a, that's actually a pretty good question. Uh, you know, in, in modern modern times, I guess uh, w- what I consider modern would be uh, since I got here. Let's say about from two thousand to now. Uh, I, I think he's he's probably second to second or third, top three for sure. You got Alfred Payton number one, no doubt about it. Uh, and then you have Sean Long. Uh, but then there's guys like uh, I, I think he, he he fits in right there. I think two, three. I think Alfred's got got the hold on being the best player that that I've seen the Cajuns play. Obviously, uh, if you go even further back into the '70s uh, with Bo Lamar and uh, and those guys that, that were just Tony. dominant. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think uh, those guys are uh, overall they're they're the the peak, right? They're the uh, those were the guys that were the most dominant uh, in Cajun basketball history. So um, he's up there, definitely top top ten for sure, all time, probably top five, uh, top three uh, player 
in the past 20, what are we in, 23? Past 23 yep. years or so. I know oh. there was a guy named uh, uh, Michael Southall that was a pretty good ball player back in the day uh, in the early 2000s. Um, he just had some trouble staying on the court uh, as a consi- you know consistently. So, um, but but I definitely I mean, then there's guys like role players like Brad Boyd. Uh, he wasn't a role player. I mean, he shot the lights out with uh, of the threes. But uh, but there then they have other guys like that uh, that that weren't as. Predominant. Brad Boyd was. I don't want to. I don't want to slight Brad there. He, he, he'll he'll come get me <laughs> if I if I do that. But dude can shoot the shoot the rock. In fact, he has the most threes at the Humphrey Coliseum. He scored. I think he hit nine three pointers at Mississippi State, and that was the record up until about a year ago. Um, and I think it got tied uh, a couple okay. years ago. He and I were talking about that. But anyway, so uh, back to the question, Jordan Brown. Probably top five in the last uh, in the last twenty years, top okay. ten for sure uh, of of all time that I know of. Well, um, if if they are successful um, in beating Georgia Southern Saturday at seven thirty, they would head to Sunday's semifinals at seven thirty, and they would play the winner of number three seeded Marshall and number eleven Texas State. So, championship game Monday night in Pensacola. So, I, I got to give Bob Marlin credit where credit's due. I have been critical at times, but he's got this team playing and playing well, and I'm I'm thrilled. Form and I wish him nothing but the very, very best. As we shift over to baseball, um, Matt Deggs's crew is six and two overall on the season. They they opened up winning two out of three against Rice on the road. Then they swept four from BYU at the Teague before losing uh, in Lake Charles to McNeese the other day, five to four. Now they face. The Campbell Camels starting tonight at the Teague. Tell me about this Cajun baseball team from what you've seen so far. I, I, I'm really impressed with the way that they they uh, attack the baseball. And you know, I, I was watching an LSU game to kind of I'm going to parallel something here, and and I was just impressed with how LSU obviously they they're the number one team in the country, but they attack the ball. And uh-huh. so I was at the at the, the BYU. I hadn't seen the Cajuns live, right? And so they they came back from Rice, and I I go cover the uh, the first game of the BYU series, and I was. You know, that was a good win for them. It was a tight game, and uh, it was a one-run game. And the Cajuns are five, if five and seven in one-run games this year. They've had a lot of those. But then in the second game against BYU, you, you saw. I mean, they put up some runs. They were I think a lot of them came via small ball, but still, uh-huh. they 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 were they were doing the things they needed to do. And it really, uh, it, it, it's it's a they did it with some defense and some uh, the pitching and then uh, timely hitting and and that's that's something that that Cajun baseball has been built on for years and years under Coach Robichaux and, and moving forward here. Uh, but I you know, like Matt Deggs' teams are going to be able to create some offense. And that pitching staff is where it's gonna. It, it, they're gonna hang right. their hat as well. I, I, I really like uh, Jake Hammond. Uh, that that guy's uh, kind of they're, they're the guy that I think is gonna be their Friday night starter for much of the right. night, much of the year. Uh, 
Uh, he's a guy. He's a winner. He's a winner, and that's what Coach Deggs likes. I mean, LSU Eunice. He won that. He was at the at, at LSU E when they won a national championship. I, I think he's got. Uh, he's got. Uh, you know that winning mentality. You want to surround yourself with winners. Then he's your guy. And uh, I just think what they've been able to do. Uh, that Brendan Moody uh, kid has come in and played. He played phenomenal in that first night he pitched against BYU. Uh, he mm-hmm. was quite impressive. Coach Deggs talked about him after the game saying, you know, he's a Brahma bull. <laughs> when he gets <laughs> out there, he looks like a Brahma bull. And he, you know, he throws, he throws, he throws his strikes with, uh, what did he say on Monday? Uh, uh, it, it, something like cruel intentions or something along that line, <laughs> where he was talking about, uh, what he liked about the way Moody pitches. And, uh, he throws strikes with the intent to destroy or something like that. It was very wow. – uh, it was a memorable quote. I'm just, uh, you know, losing my mind at 47, Jordy. But uh, yeah, I, I really like this Cajun baseball team. I think uh, this Campbell team is going to be a good test for them, though, yeah. because uh, according to Coach Deggs, they're a top 30 program in the in the country. So we'll see. They're six and one on the on the campaign, and and we'll see what happens as they uh, get on the bump tonight. Starting at six o'clock, you mentioned Jake Hammond. He's on the he's on the hill for the Cajuns. Cade Kuehler, um, a right hander, will be on the mound for Campbell. Um, so we'll see. Um, early on, very very early on, but I know one thing for sure: it's going to be a very tough conference, and the Sun Belt Conference Championships May twenty second through the twenty eighth, and then the NCAA regionals June second through the fourth. So there you go, man. How was your uh, how was your Mardi Gras experience this year, big guy? Oh, we had a great time. We, uh, we, my, the wife and I, we always venture down to uh, to New Orleans for Endymion uh, yeah. because that's where we met. So, right. um, and, and stayed with my mom. Got to hang out and, and chat, hang out with my mom for a little bit. All that good stuff. We, uh, she gets to Did see the grandkids, and we get to go, uh, you know, go to do some parades and stuff. So we, we had a good time. Uh, Tuesday, I came back here to Lafayette, and and, uh, and rode in the parade there, here. So uh, we had a good time. It was, it's always it's always a always a fun time. I, I, I've yeah. never understood the people that get away for for Mardi Gras. I guess because it's so unique. And people like come to this. They flock to Mardi Gras to. They want to be a part. They want to see what it's all about. And but then as I get older, I'm kind of like, hmm, you know, Colorado Springs that, doesn't sound too bad during that, Mardi Gras. Those Aspen, mountains are maybe, bad, you know? and, and that beach not bad, <laughs> you know? George. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I, that's not what bad. I hear. But anyway, that's what I hear. Anyway, <laughs> to each their yeah. own. To each their yep. own. I'm glad you had a good time, buddy. Always fun visiting with you. It's a busy time of the year. Got all kind of sports all converging at the same time. Uh, so um, check out KLFY, Mr. Faustin Company. They'll give you the best highlights uh, throughout the course of the week and weekend. Thank you, my friend. All right, Jordy. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right, we'll take a time out when we come back. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will will uh, pontificate after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
Brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. Buy ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing their multitude of games. By DC's Little Capital Exxon, everything under the sun, including a true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. Man, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Download the free Game Mobile app from either Android or Apple services so you can take the Blonde Bomber with you always. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, my uh, favorite day of the week uh, and favorite part of the show during the week. On this Friday, March the 3rd, I get to talk some sports and get some opinions from my buddies, uh, James Mesh, back in the game master control suite and george Becknell, kind enough to join us on a for i don't know where george is now they're not telling what part of the world george is in <laughs> so george fill me in where are where's george today man jordan i'm, I'm in baton rouge i'm at i'm at the i'm at the children's hospital man looks like my godchild got some got some tonsil issues so we're oh. just making sure he's okay so good I'm, man i'm 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 checking in from the hospital. Thank goodness for technology that allows you to do that and do so well. All right. Um, not many things to pick, but we're we're gonna make some picks and uh, we're gonna go all over the globe today. Um, first off, George, um, LSU women's basketball. They will take on Georgia tonight at five o'clock in the quarterfinals of the SEC basketball tournament in Greenville, South Carolina. We had a preview earlier with Patrick Wright. Uh, Georgia gave LSU fits in the regular season. LSU had to go into overtime to win it. LSU got beaten the first round of the tournament a year ago. Does Kim Mulkey get past that hump? Do they win this first game starting today? Well, this is the reason why you go get a Kim Mulkey. You know, she's a championship-level coach. She's been there. And, and Georgia, in my, in my opinion, they aren't as good as LSU. Like, you're right. They gave LSU fits, but they and they were in Baton Rouge, so the right. crowds kind of carried the team to victory. But this is why you bring a Kim Mulkey to Baton Rouge. So I think the Lady Tigers get it done. I think they get it done. And I don't think they lose again until they play South Carolina. And I'm not saying they'll lose, but that's the only team I see that could beat them. You have them going to the finals. All right, James Mesh, your thoughts on Kim Mulkey's Tigers? Yeah, and that first matchup, it it was a really bad shooting night for LSU overall. They only shot about – they shot under 36% and really came down to them shooting a bunch of free throws to win that game. I don't think it's going to go to overtime again. I think both teams are going to score relatively well. I looked at the over-under, and it was 133. I feel like that one could hit over again. But tonight, or, yeah, tonight in an hour and a half, I, th- I think LSU's going to do better. And Angel Reese having another double-double. Alexis Morris stepping up to the plate. Faje Johnson doing her thing. I think the team overall, they're going to do well, and I think they will see South Carolina, and that would be the only time I could see them losing. 
Okay. Uh, I always worry in tournament play uh, with a team that has a game under their belt, gets used to the rims, get used to the environment, and then you have a team like LSU that's making its first tournament appearance. So uh, that's always uh, an area of concern. If LSU can hang in there in the first quarter, uh, they don't have to be ahead. They just can't be far behind. They've got to kind of get a lay of the land a little bit. Uh, and I think talent will prevail. And I think the coaches will come up with a better offensive system. Um, and they've got to shoot the ball a little bit better. There's no, and he, again, you got to keep your stars on the court. You can't get them in early foul trouble. That's always the key, but I'm with you. I think LSU wins this thing. And I think they get to the sec championship game and then all bets are off on that one. Um, LSU baseball coming off a win, George, uh, against Texas. Now they've got some teams that aren't very sexy, Butler and central Connecticut state, four games, four days. I guess the operative question is, does LSU sweep the four? Yeah, I think they sweep the four, Jordan. I think this is pretty low-hanging fruit for the for the LSU Tigers. But I, I like these type of games, though, because I feel like you might be able to see some guys you may not normally see yeah, yeah. in some different situations. So I, I look forward to watching these games. But, yeah, Jordan, this is low-hanging fruit. Expect the Tiger, <laughs> this Tiger team to be focusing and just come out and get all four of these games and get with their lives. So, yeah, yeah. they get the sweep. I'm with you, James. This is kind of like a SEC tournament or a regional field where you play four games in four days. I guess the biggest test is, is you see who your pitching staff is, how you utilize your bullpen. That's the most important thing I get out of this weekend. Yeah, testing your bullpen, see where they're at. I'm also kind of wondering, to me, I don't, I'm not necessarily worried about the sweep itself. I'm kind of just curious at an over-under number of how many times are they purposely going to walk like Dylan Cruz. No. That's that's what because I mean we he's hitting what five sixty five so far on yeah. the season and even in that one game against who was it? Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was earlier. It was last week. I think it was it was uh, Southern. They had walked him five times. Four or five times, it was like. Let him, let him I, I mean, it. in the in the in these four games, the next four days, how many times are we going to see Dylan Cruz get walked? Especially if right, the well, offense me, is rolling. Give me, give me your give me your guess. Let's go. I'll put over under on in total seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the under on that. We'll okay. see. All right, that's, that's good. See, James, very good. All right, back to the NBA Pelicans with a surprising win at Portland. Now they got to go to Golden State tonight. Warriors, four straight wins. They're right up in the thick of things, and they've done it without Steph Curry. It's just a really good basketball team, and you got to play them at the Chase Center. Can the Pels get two in a row and get this West Coast swing under their belt? What do you think, George? Jordan, their back's against the wall at this point. So I think they get it done. You know, I'd, I'd want to play a Golden State Warrior team without Steph Curry. You know, and, and and if you look at it, this is a team that we had high expectations for all season. We were like, they could be a four or five seed very easily. They're in danger of missing the play-in right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's one of those games where your back is against the wall. There's no Steph Curry. Let's let's get focused and let's go get this win. So I think they, I think they do it. Ooh, I, think okay. they win. I don't think they win by a lot, but I think they get it done. Hey, it doesn't matter. One point is as good as 50 points. A win <laughs> is a win. Right. James Mesh, what say you? Sure, the Pelicans have plenty of injuries, but I mean, so have a lot of teams. And 
the biggest yeah. issue has been with them is their inconsistency. You see nice wins like they had against Portland, but that's against Portland, who's the tw- who's twelfth in the West. So overall, it's not a great thing. the The Warriors. They're fifth right now, and they're starting to get healthy. They got Draymond back recently. They're going to have Steph Curry back soon. He's not going to be back tonight, but he's going to be back within the next couple of games, and they've been rocking ever since. Golden State's just more of a well-produced team, and this one being there, it's not at home for the Pelicans. They've struggled more on the road this year. I'm going to have to go with the Warriors. 26-7 and seven are the Warriors inside their friendly confines. They're 7-23 and 23 on the road. Two of those losses came in the Smoothie King Center. Uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Golden State uh, is going to get their fifth win in a row. The Pels are going to get back to, th- to 500. Uh, oh, no, they're going to be 31-33 and 33 after this one. I, I don't like their chances. Pels aren't very good on the road. They're 11 and 21 overall. So give me Golden State. I hate to say it, but give me Golden <laughs> State. All right. Um, Bob Marlins, Raging Cajuns in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. They got underway um, Saturday in quarterfinal play against Georgia Southern. They're the number two seed. Did the Cajuns make it to the championship game again, George Becknell? Of course they do. They, they, they go take care of business against Georgia Southern, and they go take care of it in big fashion. I don't think this game is close. I think they come out and they score a lot of runs. If I had to give you a score, I would say 9-2. to No, basketball, basketball, basketball. Oh, my God. You're talking baseball. <laughs> I'm talking basketball. I'm Bob talking Marlin, baseball. Sunbelt Man. Conference Tournament. I'm sorry. They take, I'm that's sorry. all right. They, they take on done. Georgia Southern. They get it done. In quarterfinal. I think, okay. All right. Very good. James Mesh? I, I think they get it done, too. They had made it all the way there in one of the bottom seeds last year, and that was with a lesser squad. I think they do it this year. What's really going to come down to is, I mean, Jordan Brown, he's going to get a lot of attention since he was the runner-up in the yeah. Sunbelt Player of the Year runnings. So it's really going to come down to how well does Greg Williams play? How does Jalen Dalcourt play? How does the supporting cast look? And I, I think it's going to be enough for the Cajuns to get to the finals and actually win it this year. I, I, I like their offensive production. It's been there all year long their defense is getting better i think they're motivated from what happened a year ago i'm with you give me the cajuns and i think they cut the nets down on monday night in (laughs) pensacola i really do so i'm hoping that's the case um let's switch it over to football george becknell he came out of the darkness aaron Rodgers. does he retire does he stay in green bay or does he go elsewhere what's your best guess Jordan, I think he, I think he plays because he's a drama queen. You know, like if Aaron Rodgers retires, yeah, there's no, there's no attention on it. Okay, so he, he's gonna play football. But I think the Packers are, I think the Packers are done. I, I think they, they're ready to move on from this Aaron Rodgers saga. If I had to put money on it, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be a New York Jet. Okay. Big Apple, big market in New York. You know, they're a team that needs him that's going to put up with his crap. And give me, I think you'll play in the Jets. Isn't it ironic? 
He pl- goes to Green Bay, sits behind Brett Favre. Brett Favre leaves. Where does Brett Favre go? The New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> if he leaves, he goes to the New York Jets. Wouldn't that be? And then I guess he's going to go to Minnesota after that and uh, come play <laughs> the Saints in the Superdome. I mean, how how crazy and, is that? And look, the, the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl again. Oh, God. <laughs> it all starts with the Green Bay Packers domino. How I like about it. that? All right, uh, James Mesh. George thinks he's uh, he's leaving Green Bay. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? It'd probably be perfect timing if it was vi- like if it went in that for him to go to the Vikings, and then by that time, Kirk Cousins I think would be done with his contract. So then you can move on. <laughs> right. that, that'd be that'd be hilarious time if that all worked. But for me, I think after he got out of it, I heard a clip from Jim Rome with Aaron Rodgers talking about it, he said he just loves playing football, and he's like, I really enjoy being a football player. So I think he's coming back, and not only that, I think he's going to stay with the Packers after all this, after making us think, oh, he's leaving. I think after all that, it's going to be anticlimactic, and he's just going to go back to the Packers. He doesn't seem like the type to really enjoy being in the New York, being in the Big Apple, having all the spotlight on him, because he's talked about it before. He's like, nobody, anybody that says they have a credible source to me other than me, they don't know what they're talking about. So, that just tells me they don't. He doesn't like having his information out there all that often. So if he were to go to the Jets and be in the Big Apple, then he wouldn't be able to have that anymore. He'd have people in his neck twenty four seven. Sixty million dollars uh, reason to play. Sixty million. I don't care how much money you got. Sixty million. You're gonna go play. Um, I wonder. I really wonder if he goes to the Green Bay Packers and says, hey, look, man, I, I yeah, I want to come play with you again. I want the Packers say, you know what? We're tired of it. Um, we're going to move on with Jordan Love, and we're going to trade you, and we're going to get uh, a king's ransom for you. Uh, I wonder if that – I don't know what the Green Bay Packers are thinking, but it's sure, in listening to their GM, it sure seems to me – I get the I get the inkling that they may not want him anymore, and that's hard to say. But he's a, he's a great quarterback, but he's only won one Super Bowl, only won one, and been back since. So he's uh, on the back now of his career. I think too. I think. Oh my gosh, I think the Packers are going to relinquish. I think they're going to say, "Okay, let's run it back one more time." That's what I think they're going to do. All right, which leaves Derek Carr, George Becknell. Who's Derek Carr suiting up for next year? Well, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, that takes the Jets off the board. I think Derek Carr goes to the New Orleans Saints. All, right. uh, all indications look to me is the New Orleans Saints. And honestly, it makes the most sense. The Saints go get a Jameis Winston last year. You know, they found out the hard way a guy like Jameis does not fit within the offense. Derek Carr kind of fits that quick release uh accurate uh maybe not the strongest arm but he kind of reminds me of a poor man's drew Brees. that's who the system is designed for it makes sense okay. he's going to be affordable to a certain degree i mean how affordable is a quarterback but he's not going to break the bank like an aaron Rodgers. so you'd be able to keep the roster intact Derek carr in new orleans makes sense to me All so right. i think he's going to be a saint James Mesh, Derek Carr. If Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers is to stay in Green Bay, then I think Derek Carr is going to end up going to the Jets. But if he does end up going, if Aaron Rodgers does go to the Jets, then I think 
Derek Carr is going to go to the Saints because, I mean, you've already visited New Orleans and you talked with them three times. I feel like at that point, if you talked with them that much, you have genuine interest in one another. Either way, Derek Carr is going to make way more money than he is worth. Way more money. Um, all right, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, LSU permanent opponents, it appears, is going to be Bama, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. In two seconds, George, good or not good? Not good. Why? Why does? Why do we have to play Bama? Like for what? Because that's TV money, baby. James Mesh, Bama, A and M, Ole Miss. Yes or no? Yeah, I see no issue. I see no issue with it. Okay, it is what it is. All right, well, George, thank you, buddy. Uh, I hope My the consoles work out fine. Uh, we'll take our thank final you. time out. Come back and wrap this bad boy up. Stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's the crawfish time and the, the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is giving you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and Iron Horse Sales and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumblers, and chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we're throwing in a pair of Astros tickets. Come on now. Enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and, of course, the game. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your Just let it shine the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Right, we are back finishing touches on this Friday, March the 3rd. Special thanks to our guest, Patrick Wright, LSU versus Georgia in a little over an hour in quarterfinal play in the Sun Belt. Uh, in the Southeastern Conference Women's Basketball Tournament. Larry Holder on who are the Saints going to get a quarterback. He's from the Athletic. George Faust, all things KLFY. Good luck to the Cajuns baseball against Campbell. Good luck to Bob Marlin's basketball team against Georgia Southern tomorrow. And then George Becknell and my buddy James Mesh. That was always a lot of fun as we made our thoughts be known to all of you. If today is your birthday, March 3rd, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with, on the basketball front, Jason Tatum, 25 years old, the Boston Celtic great. Michael Thomas, soon to be ex-New Orleans Saint, is 30 years old today. Uh, the great Herschel Walker from the Georgia Bulldogs, 61 years old, as is track and field heptathlon star, 61-year-old Jackie joyner Kersey. Boy, could she fly. Um, yes, indeed. Uh so a busy weekend and basketball, baseball, softball, football, it's all there, golf and everything. So come on back Monday, uh, same time, two to four, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 
Lake Charles. Um, and we'll try to recap it all in the best we can. Best we can. Good luck to all the good luck to all the girls that are still in the high school basketball championships. We wish them all the best of luck. The boys are heavily involved in the quarterfinal play and semifinal play coming up. So good luck to all of them as well. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners, man. We couldn't do it without you. So we really do appreciate your support. Um, until Monday, God willing, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Be kind to one another. And let's be happy. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh is next. So long, everybody.